everyone. Welcome to the Cast for the week of January 15th, 2012. I'm Nick Jones. Along with me, of course, is El Clinto. Hello. And Brian Clark. Hello. The Prolificast is your source for all things happening inside the transmedia company Prolific, along with insight and discussions into the world of professional creativity, tech, and entertainment. So, boys, it's been a week since we've all been together. I got to say, I missed you. I don't know. I, I don't know how we made you. it uh, without each other. I had to. I had to ski daddle mm. off onto LA. Yes. I'm just going to throw that word out there because ski we're working daddle. on a western, <laughs> so we're keeping everything legit, authentic. Western in the prolific offices, but it's been a little crazy, been a little crazy around the office. So on today's prolific cast, we're going to talk about a major announcement. I don't want anybody to worry, but there is a major announcement that we're making. Yeah, because usually when you say a major announcement, it's like, oh my goodness. Yes, exactly. I can tell when I said that your eyes got very big because on today's show, we're going to announce where we're shipping Clint off to. That's what's going to happen today. We've started a new outpost (laughs) and Clint's going to be heading it off. So, somewhere in the Maldives. <laughs> that would actually be a pretty sweet position. I would take the Maldives. Oh. We're, we're going to talk a major announcement. We're going transatlantic. We're going to talk about uh, a real-world branding example that we just ran into and how maybe it's applicable to our creative lives. Yeah. And, of course, we're going to touch on So Hot right now. But first, let's get to the major announcement because I can tell you're worried. Brian's worried. I'm worried. And I even know what it is. I'm a nail biter. It's gonna get the mic is gonna gross. <laughs> As you know, we've uh, for the last few weeks we've been recording the prolific cast about every other week, and we've been trying to find out the right balance in what what the shop can actually <laughs> handle. Uh, because every time we do the prolific cast, it basically turns into a day. Uh, <laughs> As we started kind of looking at what do we need to do with for, with the prolific cast. Uh, moving forward, we decided to make it a monthly prolific cast. So I know I can I can hear the groans. Kind of like a Reader's Digest. Exactly. It will be the best of. Just imagine each month if we turned out the best of the prolific cast, except <laughs> that you didn't get the weekly editions. You just got the best of. That's what we're doing. Um, but I, moving forward, what that's going to allow us to do is uh, we've started to realize more and more that the content in the prolific cast has been has been helpful to a lot of professional creatives. Um, we get a lot of questions and we want to be able to spend more time and some of the topics that we can bring to the table. And honestly, there's just not this many things that are so hot right now. I mean, we're dropping three good things on you every week. You know, that, that turns out to 12 things a month. It's like the most stressful part of my work week is finding out what the heck I'm going to talk <laughs> really about. So. Every Monday morning, Brian comes in with this cup of coffee and says, I don't know. I have no idea what we're going to do for so hot right now. And I just feel like it's starting to lose its luster. It used to mean something when we said something was hot. And now yeah, it's just yeah, like, yeah. Eh, it's one of 12 things that are hot this month. It's true. It's just, we can't keep that pace up. Yeah. It's just, it's not reasonable. <clears throat> so uh, we're going to move to a, a monthly prolific cast. And it also helps because, let's just be honest, the, the, the company is swamped with the work right now. I mean... Brian practically has, you know, like a ZZ top beard going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I noticed that. Yeah. You, are you going for a beard right now? What's, or is it just kind of completely accidental? I, uh, you know, just happens when I get good, behind though. a computer and I haven't looked up for a week and I go, I have a beard now. Let's be honest. Is it cause you're playing keys with Charlie Hall? <laughs> is he inspiring <laughs> you a little a, bit? Uh, you know, it's hard to be around that group and not want that massive, you know, especially yeah. Charlie. You just look at, he has a good, man it's inspiring. Beard. It it's, really is. That, uh, you just look at that and you just think of commitment. 
that just anyone that has Seriously. that long and it's not even is that technically a beard what it's like a, just a billy yeah. goat type thing right uh, yeah i mean if yeah if you haven't seen it man it's what down to his navel <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's but like, it's just on the chin yeah yeah it's exactly. not like the full beard right yeah yeah, just, and Nick, you know, you've shaved yours. Which, I did. You know, yours was looking good. It was, it was good. I, I've I've told you this before, though. What happens is I get to the point where I have a good full beard, and then it's kind of like, well, I need to do some. I need to kind of trim this thing up, and then I trim it too tight, and I look like Billy Mays, and I just can't <laughs> continue. Billy Mays, <laughs> Billy Mays here talking about the new prolific videos. So I just decided I'm just going to go ahead and take care of it. Plus, yeah. it it did run its course. And yeah. it, um, I don't know. To me, it just feels I'm like so envious of it. I just, I can't grow a beard. It's just not in my yeah. jeans. After a while, it just kind of feels like a wet sweater on your <laughs> yeah. face. You just awesome. want to get rid of it. I can pull off a good youth pastor goatee, and that's about it. You can. You can definitely do that. I can do or a, I would a call good, Dave you know, really bad mustache. <laughs> you know, when you start growing it out, mm-hmm. what I see is the Simpsons had a character like Cletus. <laughs> Thanks That's what it looks like. Thanks for that. Him. I'm just saying. That's good. Thanks. Great. Does it not? I'm never going to grow facial hair again. I think it kind of looks like Cletus. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. So uh, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, an interesting branding marketing case study that we just ran into in, in real life. Mm-hmm. Last week, we go into Starbucks, as we normally do. Now, I will say that uh, we support many different uh, coffee lo- locations around the city. Vintage is one of our favorites. I know you go to Vintage a lot. We used to go to Vintage every Monday, but it's across town, and with the Prolificast, it was just a lot of wasted time coming back and forth. We support coffee slingers here in town. We support a lot of different places. But Starbucks happens to be right across the street from... Uh, from where we record the prolific cast. From the prolific cast studios. <laughs> yes, from the official prolific cast studios here. Yes. And uh, so we were in Starbucks last week, and Jordy, who is a uh, a major prolific cast fan. He's a good good friend of mine. We'll just say that. <laughs> Maybe more he's, he's a, a fan of fan, Clint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't care about our portion as much, but he and Clint go way back. Uh, so he is uh, the manager of the Starbucks across the street. So we end up talking to, to Jordy every time we come in. So last week, I go in to Starbucks on Monday morning, ready to meet with you guys. And Jordy says, have you tried the blonde roast coffee or whatever? Starbucks blonde. And of course, like any solid coffee drinker, I said, no, I don't drink. You scoffed. I don't drink that stuff, right? I drink I drink the heavy, <laughs> well, the bolder things. <laughs> And, uh, and so, you know, but while I'm there, I'm looking around and it's like, man, they went on this huge um, push to push Starbucks Blonde. So they've got bags of coffee all over the place. It's all branded with the new yellow blonde thing. Yeah. They they went to the extent to draw a picture of it on their chalkboard, uh, which, you know, is heavy commitment because that's usually reserved for like the Christmas drawing of the peppermint mocha uh, or pumpkin spice. Big push. Yeah. If it ends up on the chalkboard. That means that somewhere centrally, 
you know, they commissioned everyone to draw a picture, mm-hmm. which is an itch. Okay, remind me to ask Jordy, do they have to hire someone on all the Starbucks staff that can draw? That's a good question. Or do they like have a outsource draw person that goes around and draws on the chalkboards? Or is it not even drawn? If it, is it screen printed Ooh. and they just ship them in? Mm, and it just good. looks really messy yeah. and they slide it in. And they're uh, all that kind of totally one. breaks the illusion because I just picture one like barista who can't do anything coffee related. Yeah. But they but can't draws. fire him or her because they can draw on the chalkboard. <laughs> can you, uh, you, okay, this is the part of your interview where you do the chalk test. <laughs> Man, we need a guest on this. We need to bring Jordy in as a guest to talk Starbucks. Draw me a coffee cup. <laughs> wow. Anyway. So I scoffed and I got my typical, you know, Pike Place roast or whatever. But the whole time we were there, we we're talking. I started, I, I was looking over at those yellow bags and I was looking over at Starbucks Blonde and I, I told Dave, cause Dave was in town last week. And I told Dave before this trip is over, I'm going to try some Starbucks Blonde. You declared it. Yes. I spoke it into existence that because words. that's how I roll. I spoke it into being. So I told Dave, I'm going to get some of this Starbucks blonde. It did not happen that day. Okay. <laughs> but I, Clint, I don't know. Why, why Clint, Clint lost I, it there? Clint can't keep it together right now. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, man. I don't know. That was good. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so, so anyway, we head out to L.A. We wow. get to L.A. And we're, we're doing a bunch of business meetings, right? So I go to the Starbucks that's in a little, uh, in a little corporate center there. In, uh, in Irvine, and they've got an even bigger push. They're giving away stickers. They're giving away dollar-off cards for the new Starbucks Blonde. They've got Starbucks Blonde everywhere. They give me a free pack. They got blonde of, girls was, handing out. Ah, they Starbucks. did. <laughs> well, one of the girls <laughs> was blonde because wow. I, I thought that's a really funny coincidence. Cool but I thought it was a plant. Cool it was. So anyway, I go in and I try it, and it was actually really good. I really liked it. In fact, uh, I got it the next day. Tell this, me about it. Tell me about what is the you know what's the what did you expect and then what did you get? Because I, I this, they actually gave me a free sample. Yes, at my Starbucks, and uh, I was like, yeah, that's cool, but I don't know. Let me just let me just tell you about this coffee, okay? On the nose, you pick up slight floral accents, mm-hmm. possibly some fruitiness. As it first touches your tongue, you feel just a just a just a small bite of mm-hmm. of coffee, maybe acidity. Mm. And then these floral, fruity flavors kind of invade your senses, right? And and at finish, you taste just the just the slightest little little tinge of of maybe smokiness, of oh, maybe yeah. roastiness. But then it's mm. it's quickly followed by a fruity acid kind of kind of finish. And and overall, I would say Clint, because you're asking me, it it almost makes me feel. Like a like it's a uh, Sumatra blend possibly mm. or a Kona blend mm. if you're familiar. Well, because what I'm getting from that is a cough drop mixed with a cigar and yes. a banana at the end. Yeah, exactly. That's what it was, okay. and that's why that's why it was awesome. It was much like a sucrets mixed with a macanudo and a chiquita. Yeah, banana at the end. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Right there. At the end. Anyway, right. so I started talking about this, and and as we started discussing it, as I was thinking about it, I was telling Dave when I was out out in LA it was like man Starbucks I know that this is a marketing push and I know that all they've done is take light roast coffee that I normally don't care about and they've rebranded it and it's it's like so in your face that they're doing that that it's almost offensive but you know what I tried it and I liked it and so something about that was a very successful campaign on the part of Starbucks to get someone like me who is probably right 
in that target demographic as far as we need to target coffee drinkers who normally don't drink light roast coffees because pr- I would assume, I don't know, but probably their light roast isn't doing as well. Right. And they make this huge push and it actually convinced someone like me. So we started taking, like starting to tear apart. So what exactly is it? There's got to be some lessons in there or maybe not. Maybe it's just a long story for no, for no, for no reason. But um, we can force some something out of it. Somehow. Yeah, we're going to make some. We're going to figure out a way. <laughs> we're going to apply this to what we do. But I, you know what? What I kids. get out of it is that one of the major things we do at Prolific is branding and identity work, right? And we talked a few weeks ago, Brian. You brought up the example of the landscape person and how they're using Comic Sans, but honestly, it probably doesn't affect their sales. And and in that case, you're most likely right. But branding and identity is so important to get someone to actually try something. So Mm -hmm. I think that when we talk, like let's talk churches specifically, right? A lot of times churches come out and try to sell you on something. They try to convince you with something with their, with their ad. But, but really it seems like churches should be doing what Starbucks has done in just convincing you to try something, to, to be open to something. And, um, with blonde girls and free coffee. Yes, okay. exactly. Right, that's exactly what we're talking yeah. about. But what Starbucks did is to take something that people were already not interested in, and they rebranded it. Instead of naming it a light roast, they named it a blonde, and they color-coded it, which is a big thing. Now you go into Starbucks, and you see like the brown, and you see like the maroon, yeah. and you see the yellow. So it's part of a system. So you might say, well, I like this version, so I don't like that. They used some of the best elements of branding, positioning, and identity. And because of that, have at least in me, in a small sample, have been effective. So I wonder, you guys are more designers than I am. How how does that apply to the way that we position other products or what we do when we help a ministry or we help a nonprofit to establish themselves as an identity? I mean, are there some... Are there some aspects of what Starbucks has done that we can take from that, that we can learn and we can kind of use in our day-to-day? Or maybe not. Maybe we just talk about coffee. I don't know. Yeah. I definitely think so. I mean, you know, I think we, um, even more than most people, are aware of the fact that people are trying to get us to do something. I mean, we've been involved in enough, you know, marketing campaigns to know that, okay, this is a push. This is the result they're trying to get out of me. And the fact that that still works on someone like us just says a lot about how much it would work in general um, on people who don't really, you know, maybe even necessarily realize that it's happening to them. Um, but I'm with you. The, the one thing that just stuck out to me the most about it was that, um, you know, it's it's not, I think sometimes in, in when you're brainstorming a campaign or whatever, you're trying to figure out how to make the sale. And that um, isn't really necessarily the job of a campaign. I mean, it's, you know, it's just to get, like you said, that first step and then your your product has to back it up, so that brings in a whole other conversation about like you've got to be able to back up the campaign. And a and a really great campaign on a crappy product <laughs> isn't really mm-hmm. worth anything because it just gets you to try it, and then you don't like it, and you don't want to come back. And then your next campaign won't be as you know mm-hmm. as uh, believable. Um, but that was a big thing for me. I mean, I, I I don't I can't think of how many products that I've tried that are you know exactly the same way. I remember sitting on a bus in some city somewhere with like a the 
blue low carb monster energy drink and looking at the bus and around me and going, there's like 12 posters of that right there around me. And I, I just bought it as I got onto the, you know, yeah. and realizing that totally worked on me. And now I love that. Yeah. You know, and it's, I just tried it because I had seen it. It was recognizable. I liked the look. Um, and, and I'm aware of that and I still bought it. Um, so it's, I mean, you know, if it's not something that your church or your ministry is thinking about, um, then it, it probably should be. When, when you relate it specifically to ministries, um, really the, the interesting aspect is the product, which in, in this case would be, you know, a relationship with Christ sells itself, right? What you really want to do is get people to experience that product mm-hmm. S- similar to Starbucks. Now the Starbucks thing would break down if I decided to try it and it was like, Oh, this is exactly what I thought it was. Right. right? Yeah. But when Starbucks can come in and can say, you know what, people think they know what this product is like, but we're going to have them try it because I know that when they try it, they're going to realize that what they thought about it was wrong. Um, They can stand behind that, right? Because they can sit there and go, when people think of light roast, they think that it's going to be weak or that it's whatever. But the fact is that there's more caffeine in it, whatever. It actually has a very bold flavor. And so, you know, this isn't like drinking Folgers or whatever. Um, This is this is just a different taste experience that people will like. I think it's the same thing in ministry where we go, what we need to do is not try to convince someone that like they're going to, you know, like whatever, not, not try to set up and go, you think that a relationship with God is like this, but it's actually like this, but instead put in a position where someone is willing to try something and decide for themselves. I think too often in a church setting and a ministry setting, what we try to do is convince people or tell people what to think about a certain thing, but not put them in the, uh, the right place to make that decision, not put people in a, in the position to actually try something for themselves and they felt they feel like they're being sold on a product right because yeah. with starbucks i didn't feel like i was being sold i felt like it was like okay this is actually i'll try it you know and when you try something you figure out that you like it yeah. um like the and, yo gabba gabba song mm. try it you'll like it you know that one i uh, yes. actually don't your kids don't sorry, listen to yo no, gabba gabba no, yo, really no yo gabba gabba here wow <laughs> I know. I don't know how I've dodged that bullet. I'm shocked. I know. I just figured it was like eh, anybody with kids. Is that, is that the really crazy one where it's just like yeah, DJ it's like a big acid trip or something? Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Is Yoga Gabba not like the Ramones? No, but it's from that. It's got a little bit of relation to that. It is. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say like <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's. Oh, I love that show. When my kids are over it now, they're six and five. They're like, that what was is Yoga Gabba? Four and three. So three huh? What is it? It's like uh kind of like sesame street uh live action people in suits um and then they have, they bring on like actors like jack black's Not like been on business before attire suits what but, yeah but, like, <laughs> like like crazy um characters um and anyway uh that's a rabbit trail but you said you you said try it you <laughs> like it and every time i hear that's like a trigger because that's one of those songs in my <laughs> so, head which that, is a campaign somehow somewhere somebody said hey let's make a slogan that will trigger this thought of yeah Yoga well it's, and they it's, are success it's totally and my kids that's how we got our kids to try food to try different vegetables and we would sing that song and it worked every time wow yeah that's a so there's some branding right there. for you. There's some. So, but I mean, okay. So back to what you're saying, though. Like, no, <laughs> but thanks, no, Clint. We yeah, thanks for that because that. that was a nice that was little really diversion. Nice. I like it. Good job, um, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it works. <laughs> it, I know it totally. It worked totally. though. 
Yep. That's no, good. I, thank not, you for that. I'm making fun of you. It, it was really good. Um, okay. So, no, but what I was trying to say is, okay, you made me think of something and I'm trying to remember now what it was. The, um, the importance of, I think, of being honest in your marketing is also something that, that kind of yes. reminds me of is the fact that like, man, I, I just, I know so many different churches a lot of times who want to brand themselves as who they wish they were instead of who they really are, you know, and they want to come in and say, man, I, we, you know, we want to show everybody that we're like this young and hip, irrelevant, yada, yada, yada. And you go there and you're like, you're not, I mean, I'm not, not that that's a bad thing, but you got, you've got people that you are reaching that need what you have and you're trying to be something else in your branding. And that's giving not only the wrong message is, is, about who you are, but it's also, it's, you know, people feel deceived. They walk in and they go, oh, you know, there's yeah. this great, nice, new, modern package. And, and you're alienating people like who are that. already there for you for the reason yeah. of who yeah. you already are. Um, and so it definitely has, I think, bad repercussions for your church, but also even if you think about who you're representing and the fact that if they walk into your building and immediately feel deceived by you, that can't be a good thing um, in just the whole, you yeah. know, the broad... I- it's funny you you bring that up because I, I just saw an ad for a church that ran on TV. So this is running to everyone. It's not it's not running to church. It's running to everyone, right? And the church positioned themselves. And one of the things that they said is the most exciting experience you'll have all weekend. And I thought, really? <laughs> like, okay, not to say that they're not doing a good job. But first off, I've been to this church and I kind of know what they do. Um, but you're targeting this to people who went to the NBA game, whatever, might have, you know, if you're really trying to get outside the Christian fold, probably Friday night, Saturday night, whatever, we're at a bar listening to a band, whatever it is, right? Or went to go see this movie or something. And yeah, you have a good experience, but it's not the most exciting thing that you'll do the entire weekend, right? It might be a modern take on church and you might do it well, but for someone walking in off the street that's walking into you know, like a, a box building in a strip mall or whatever, and is sitting down hearing songs that they've never heard before and is watching a video, probably not the most exciting experience in the world. Yeah. So what you're trying to do is sell something that isn't there. You're trying to convince someone, you want someone to leave and go, that was the most exciting experience we ever had. And you know what? Like to talk about it in your staff is awesome. If you, to use that as a goal as we want to have the most exciting experience, which that's a whole nother conversation yeah. if that's what, the point of your weekend is, but if that's, if that's what you're talking about with your staff, that's great. But to tell people that you're creating an expectation, right? If it would be no different as if I went into Starbucks and said, this will be the best coffee you've ever had. Cause I would drink it and go, nah, it's not, you know, it's not the best coffee I've ever had. But when I come in and it's kind of like, Hmm, I want to try that. I wonder what it's like, you know, yeah. try um, it. You'll like it. Yeah. <laughs> That is, Yay. man, we just Run can't top around. that. <laughs> I love it. Clint can do this all day. He'll bring it straight back. Zing. Straight back every time. Anyway, so I guess I guess what we should say is if, if you get one thing out of this, you should try the new Starbucks blonde. But if you get two things out of this, um, maybe think through the way that you're positioning your church, your ministry, even if it's not. Uh, if, if what you're doing is client work, we have a lot of people that work in secular ad world. Um, I, I think the strategy that we see right now at every Starbucks around the country where 
the focus is on getting someone to try something and not trying to convince them that their product is the best is such a great strategy. I think we should all look at it and we should all figure out maybe how we can incorporate that into our, our day-to-day lives and into our, into our workflow and our projects. All right, it's time for the most exciting time of your week. <laughs> it's this so is hot right the now. The best thing you, you will hear all month. You will not hear a better segment in any form of media, whether it's podcast, radio, wow. television, or film, wow. than so hot wow. right now. You are branding this hard. Truth. I am. I am. Because okay. I learned from our last segment. <laughs> exactly. I did. I think I took something away. Good. Clint, I'm going to swing it your way first. Yep. That's just how it goes. We're, we're back on that cycle where now you're starting out so right. hot right now. What is so hot right now, Clint? Well, for me, and I think for us as a, as a group, um, this is one of those things that ties into a lot of our, our kind of our, our road for the year, things that we're doing. We're going to mm. change some things up, some things yep. up, yep. and just kind of how we handle projects, everything else, how we handle personnel and all that. And... One of the things that came across my radar is a site called Mini Group, uh-huh. and I shared it with you guys since you an invite. And um, basically, Mini Group is an alternative to Basecamp, is what I'm calling it, anyways. It's they're not branding themselves as that, but I'm seeing this as an alternative to Basecamp. Uh, I've used Basecamp for about f- four or five years now. Um, many people within our field are, are familiar with Basecamp, project management, all that. And uh, Mini Group is that same idea. It's a website. It is um, project management, but it is much cheaper. Yes, with all the same functionality, or, or most of the the same functionality as Basecamp. Um, where Basecamp is up to, you know, I think they have like a free plan that's like three projects, and then like it jumps to like twelve and twenty four, and then if you want to track time, it's like fifty a month, and then so mm-hmm. on. Mini Group has uh, three plans um, that start at $3 a year, yeah, uh, $10 a year, and then $25 a year. You um, heard that right. Just $3 <laughs> a year. But Billy wait Mays a minute. Here. <laughs> There's more. Billy Mays is going to bring in it. But anyway. <laughs> Billy Mays here for Mini Group. That's another one you brought back around. So uh, with that, um, yeah. we're making a big switch. We are. We are going to switch gears. We're going we're gonna to drop base camp. Mm-hmm. And and we're gonna we're gonna try this mini group thing and out. and let's okay, let's be honest too. I I want to say something because as a company, we love thirty seven signals. Love what they're doing. Yeah, the way they're running the company. In fact, we've we've worked uh, thirty seven signals. Um, who who's who's the head of thirty seven signals now? Jason Freed is one of the guys. Yeah, yeah, was at the Willow Creek Summit two years ago, and we did some work with them. Okay, and love thirty seven signals and what they're doing. But um, when we're just talking about op- on the open market, there are times with Basecamp where I go, what am I paying $50 a month for? Because mm. I, I have almost all the same functionality through Facebook for free. It's mm. just that it isn't as professional. Right. I'm paying like $600 a year for Basecamp. And honestly, when I saw Minigroup, I thought, 
this is it's not that like whoa this is so cheap it's like that's what i expect to pay for this right. you know what i mean like right. i'm all i'm doing is talking with clients in a way where they can like log in and we can see a a, a conversation trail yeah. and it's somewhat professional i can present a final product i can have a closed loop and when the product's done i can archive it but i can still keep it that's that's worth about 25 bucks to me a year. Sure. you know what i mean like sure um so yeah i i've been waiting for this to come for a long time i yeah. yeah, and I would say I would say throwing into that um, the way that we use Basecamp. This may not work for everyone, but the way that we use Basecamp is, uh, you know, mini groups thing is their basic plan is three mini groups, three dollars a year, one gig of storage, and then it jumps up to ten and then twenty five. Right. Uh, twenty five gigs, twenty five dollars a year, twenty five mini groups, and that twenty five mini groups is basically clients or however you want to use that um, projects, whatever. We don't use Basecamp for storing things, big files. What right. we usually do is drop something in Dropbox and then drop that link in to Basecamp to share. Basecamp just gives us that common ground to get everybody out of their email inboxes and you know cut out the risk of somebody not being on, on, on the table with everybody else. Completely. And this gives us that at a much more manageable price. Um, and there's a mobile version of it as well. So yeah. it's giving us everything that we want. Um it actually kind of feels better to use yeah. it. I was going to say, I actually think that it is much more user-friendly. Yeah, it's oh. like the Facebook group mm-hmm. that we have going on where yeah. it's all in line. You can attach files. You can even like a post on yeah. the mini group thing, post comments back, feedback. Yeah. And uh, the other thing to preface it too is that we don't use the like Basecamp extensions into other programs right. where a lot of people do. Right. So, so, you know, Basecamp is a hub for a lot of people that then goes out into how they are tracking time and how they're invoicing and yeah. how they're using, you know, their right board. They're using uh, Campfire or whatever. Sure. What is it? Uh, and we don't we don't do that. Um, right. We're not we're not hourly based. And when we work with our contractors, we work through a whole different system. And I would say that's the big caveat here. If you're one of those types that uses all of those extensions and all of those things, um, and for us, we've even switched gears there yeah. because uh, we don't use all those things anymore. We've just cut cost on some of those things because we've just weighed against, you know, what we have used and what we haven't used throughout the year. And, and um, so this is kind of a new new thing for us this year. So I like it. That's what's hot Many right groups. now. And I'm sure we'll link that up underneath the, pro- yeah. the prolific gas. Yep. And of course, as we've mentioned before, knowing Clint, we might be on something different next month. Yeah. But this <laughs> month, it's going to be. No guarantees. <laughs> Next week, Clint might hate many groups and quit Facebook. <laughs> That's right. And then rejoin. All right, Brian, what's so hot right now? All right. Well, mine is not maybe quite as professionally informative, <laughs> <laughs> but it's way more I awesome. expect no less. <laughs> um, so I discovered for the first time this weekend a little show on Animal Planet yeah. called Gator Boys. Wow. And it is awesome. It's as awesome as it sounds. Now, Gator Boys. Gator Boys. Gator Boys. Is this like Swamp People? Kind, well, no. Is it like the kids no. of Swamp People? So, essentially, what it, it's, it's in the Everglades. It's in the swamps. Okay. Um, but I, I guess check. it's a... <laughs> check. <laughs> it's um, I, You know, I guess it's a fairly common problem that while we might have, you know, I don't know, moles or mice or armadillos. something. Or, right. Well, yeah, armadillo problems. Coyotes. <laughs> They just have, you know, alligator problems. So someone might be on their, you know, 
lakefront uh, property or on yeah. whatever, and they've got they they see an alligator coming into their yard. What what would you do? Yeah. Well, they call the Gator Boys. That's what you do. Uh, and I gotcha. uh, All right. these guys, I mean, it's one of those things. I'm not. I'm not really a reality fan, a reality TV fan right. at all. Um, Except for Bachelor. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> that's awesome. Brian loves The Bachelor. <laughs> and, we uh, have a soft spot in our heart for Bachelor, so. I mean, that's uh, cool, that's, though. I, I mean, started on that. Bachelor's cool. Yeah, right. the Bachelor's cool. It's totally, it's totally, it's totally cool. <laughs> we watch it, like, from a guy's perspective. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, yes, Gator Boys. Um, yeah, so, you know, I don't watch much of that anyway, and so it's one of those things, actually, how I got started on it was my brother-in-law told me about um, another show, uh, Finding Bigfoot, which is apparently hilarious. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> oh, we and could talk I Finding ca- Big, yeah, Bigfoot I, for like I an hour. Wow. La- that show is awesome as well, yep. but I caught the last, you know, end of Finding Bigfoot, and then Gator Boys came on, and I'm just thinking, this is, oh, like, I really, you know, what? But within, like, five minutes, I was so hooked on this show. These guys are incredible. Yeah, uh, I mean, and it's not even just like okay, you know, you, if you go in for cockroaches, you come in with all this gear. You see like the orchid man and all these guys are like in like a cutoff shirt, shorts, barefoot, just wrestling alligators. They're so <laughs> awesome. Okay, they've got teeth, like got claws around their neck, like yeah. hanging on their necklace. Wow, <laughs> that is great. Now, so they're not like so, professional. I mean, they are professional, but they oh, don't like show up like in uniform. No, like, okay, no. man. We'll go now, have you heard of uh, Billy the Exterminator? No, I haven't. Oh, I've heard of him, but okay. I have not. This reminds me of Billy the okay. Exterminator, which is another reality-type show um, based in Louisiana, I think. Every, and um, Everything is. <laughs> <laughs> everything's Louisiana. <laughs> and uh, my kids got hooked on it. It was on Netflix, and I think it still is. Um, I have seen all three seasons wow. because my kids wow. are like, Dad, can we watch Billy the Exterminator? And it's just this family, <laughs> Billy and his family, and it's a lot like that. They're, they're, he dresses a lot like he's in the band Poison or something. I mean, it's a, a little bit over the top. So like kind of like Dog the Bounty, the Bounty Hunter. Hunter. Yeah, yeah that style. So like really I did like Dog the Bounty Hunter. Right. Bounty Hunter it's kind of that style. And he gets called out to get all kinds of varmints. Like snakes. <laughs> varmints? Roaches. <laughs> all kinds of varmints. <laughs> Seriously, awesome. man. Tell you what, out in Burns Flat, man. We got all kinds of varmints. Exactly. I love that we just use varmints. varmints. Check. And skied out. <laughs> We've used the word varmints in a prolific cast. So this kind of feels like that. Um, but yeah, these guys specialize in gator. Is. Yeah, exactly. And and they're ridiculous. So oh, they- and so not only that. So like the guy, you know, obviously they know they're gators. I mean, they know everything about them. They'll give you little like tips as you go to commercial about what kind of species of crocodile, whatever. Um, and so they, they know what they're doing. And so they're not by any, it's not like what you would think like these just kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. These guys coming in, kind of backwood, whatever. I mean, they're they're so like obviously like Cletus and the educated. They know what they're doing. <laughs> Cletus. The, one of the dudes is like, I mean, they've obviously got it together. One of them's like a Iron Man athlete. He does all this stuff, and but he's like also like the alligator whisperer to a degree <laughs> because it's funny. They've got you know, there's a, there's two guys who are the main guys, and then they've got like you know their supporting cast, their company, whatever. And they the one guy is always like when he catches the alligator, he'll actually like like hug it and like you know like like i don't know pet it and kind of thing yeah yeah i mean he's like he really they're so humane they do everything like you know they 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 do it all by hand or by like a rope for the claws that he has around his neck well right i'm sure that they were not i'm sure he didn't kill them are they claws Um, or teeth they're massive they've got to be claws i don't know I would think huh. maybe their teeth. I don't know. I don't know. I would. I just can't imagine. It. Well, it, actually, it might be. I can teeth. imagine some big gator teeth. Yeah, you're right. Actually, some of the ones I've seen in in this, like the clips are pretty massive. So they could be teeth. I don't know. I don't know much about my gators. We'll, we'll run that it's down. Some kind of gator byproduct. We'll yeah. find that information for you. Bring it back. Body but, part. But I mean, he's even got like the one I watched this weekend. He uh, 
he would like once they capture the alligators they actually keep them and store them like in like a zoo kind of thing yeah and he would walk up and he's got his alligators and none of the rest of the the company believed that he could do this because gators don't do this but he could walk in and he made a bet that if i call this like particular alligator it's going to come up and it'll come to me and it'll let me pet it and all this stuff and totally did right i mean wow when the bet it was it's just it's a credible show okay over under on that guy's lifespan <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that's what's crazy about it is i mean they look like they are near death every minute of the show it's yeah. ridiculous wow, wow. So, okay i'll check it out shot. i'll check it out it's good Pretty now cool. did you like you see so you saw that because you were watching finding <laughs> did you like finding Good? yes okay but for a completely different reason because those guys are wow ridiculous the best part about finding bigfoot is just when those guys will be out in the woods and they'll see something and be like yeah this is classic classic sasquatch exactly. behavior exactly yeah. really this yeah. is classic yeah Mm. Yeah, in fact, I, 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 I sent a text to Grant uh, Downing about it, which, who we talk about yeah. every once in a while, and he sent me the funniest. The text back was just like, I don't think they understand the idea of empirical evidence. Like, <laughs> you know, we're talking about yeah. this is classic behavior. No one's ever seen a Sasquatch yeah. yet. I have a friend. Yeah. I have a friend who is a firm believer that Sasquatch is real. Really firm believer. Like, I give him trouble about it all the time, but he is. He it's. Sasquatch is the real deal. He's out there. They're out there. They're they. Mm-hmm. And they've got to be like the smartest things in the world if they've never been exactly. there. Yeah. And he he swears. And he he's he goes on hunts. He looks for them. <laughs> he lives in East Oklahoma. Is he part of the uh, the BRFO? Mm. What is it? Bigfoot. Re- oh no, BFR. Yeah. And I, every Foot time I ask him, or something you know, like I'm like, "How's Harry? You know, Harry and the Hendersons. You know, like, how's <laughs> how's Bigfoot? And he's like, "Man, I'm telling you, they're real." And right. you're right there. there. We're out there. I'll tell you what, boy. We're out there. I saw them Sasquatch. Sasquatch. They pretty stinking smart, though. You're right. Because and even they talk about how, like, well, I mean, the reason we haven't found them is because they don't want to be found. And uh, in fact, sometimes they will intentionally communicate like coyotes to throw us off the trail. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Wow. I thought that they had found like evidence in Siberia or something of one, but I don't know. Oh, that was a yeti, which I think is the same sort of thing. He's a cousin. <laughs> I'm not sure how the family tree of Yetis and Sasquatches <laughs> actually works, but somewhere there. Okay. So Gator so, Boys. Yes. All right, Nick, what's your hot? You know, I'm gonna go now these have been around for a while. A lot of people are a lot of people are hip to this already. Really? Yeah. I'm never it's hip to be not. square. Okay. But okay. a lot of people are already hip. Um Sanooks shoes. Okay. So hot right now. I uh I've been wearing a pair. Uh, a new pair of Sanooks that I got at Christmas. And uh, if you're not familiar with Sanooks, it's basically like a the uh, the sole of like a flip-flop, right? So it's kind of that hard, not hard, kind of very pliable, foamy, whatever, flip-flop sole. But then instead of having like a, whatever you would call it, a thong or something, <laughs> isn't that what it is? No, it's, <laughs> like yeah, it's just a funny word. Yeah. Uh, it's like it's a like a thong. canvas top. <laughs> to the shoe and so you're walking around you're wearing shoes they look nice they look like toms well they don't look like toms they look better than toms okay is my thought but uh it feels like you're wearing nothing they're so comfortable come in all kinds of great varieties i don't know that i'll ever wear another shoe really yeah except for maybe weddings Mm, yeah or if i happen to go on like a deep sea fishing expedition (laughs) because i don't think that they're like you know you wouldn't hike in these would you hike in them Sure. Do maybe heavy construction? I would get the steel. Dig a ditch. Okay. <laughs> would you dig a ditch? Would you travel? Would I what? Dig a ditch. 
a shovel? No. I, well, I wouldn't do that. But see, I do none of those things to begin with. So that's why I'm saying I don't think I'll ever wear another shoe. In my life, ride a bike. Here's here's what I have to. I would I would yeah. I mean, I couldn't ride like a my performance bike because you gotta those are clipless. But I mean, in my life, to say that I could never wear another pair of shoes, it's like these are the check things. Can I wear them around the house? Yes. Can I wear them playing video games? Yes. So would you say they are the best you shoe you have ever experienced? The most most yes. comfort you will ever. They're the most exciting shoe <laughs> that but, I have ever worn in my life. You can do both of those examples with no shoes. Well, so if you haven't tried, it, that's what I'm saying. You like it? That's what I'm saying. I, the so reason you, I can stand this. behind my statement is because I don't put much demand on my shoes. <laughs> let me ask you: Do you have video game playing shoes? I want to play my some Sinooks. Skyrim, but first, my Sanooks. Yes, awesome. I have. I I am close to finishing a book about this, but I believe that my Skyrim playing is better with shoes than without shoes. <laughs> I I am not willing to really lay out all of the empirical evidence. Mm. But I see classic Skyrim behavior when I wear these shoes. <laughs> it's a book. Wow. You're, you're working. I'm, writing, I'm, I'm working on it. I haven't started writing it, but I'm working mm, on it. It's, okay. I'm throwing it around about wow. the importance of shoes. Oh, so okay, so they do feel pretty awesome or sound oh, pretty dude. awesome. Oh, they're the yeah. best. Mm. And let's talk branding. Let's talk mm. branding again for a minute. If you go to the store, they're hanging on the big thing that says "This is not a shoe." Mm. Boom. What up? So <laughs> what is it? Is it like a loafer? Huh. Is it a is it a loafer? It seems kind of like a moccasin. Like okay, okay. it's Looking all just canvas, this. dude. Mm. It's all canvas. Yeah. I'm, it, for, it, since yeah. you can't see this, I'm actually showing them to my right <laughs> now. I, I have taken my shoes. It off. It looks like um, those hemp shoes that came out back in the back yeah. in the nineties. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, and they have lots of different varieties. You can go smoke some hookah now. No, no, I don't approve of that. All right. But if I did. These shoes would be perfect yeah. for that activity. It does look shoes. like you could definitely like stalk a deer in them as well. Oh, not it's like moccasins, dude. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. How can you tell me that I couldn't hike or like go hunting in this when mm-hmm. Native Americans use moccasins? Oh, well, I guess I'm just, I don't know that they actually used moccasins, but you can buy moccasins at Native American <laughs> marts. So I'm assuming that's what they wore, right? Native American marts? Yeah. Where's yeah. that at? Uh, Anadarko, Oklahoma. Yeah, and Anad- <laughs> The JRK training post? <laughs> yes. I would think you would know all about yeah, that. Yeah, you're, you're from there. Part of the state, I would think, right? I've never heard Native American marts. <laughs> well, it's not like... I'm going down to the NAM. It's not like franchised. Get me some flops. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When you're driving down the interstate and it's like, pull over here, get fried pies, tomahawks, quilts, yeah. beaded things, Cherokee and dream catchers, yeah. and moccasins. Yeah. Well, we have those everywhere around here. Yeah, we do. And, and probably you know. some around Santa Fe, I would think, right? Because I've been yes, yes, that's a whole different. And if you're ever through Anadarko, oh man, they have the best mural painting ever. Really? I post a picture of it. I Is it a, better than? Oh, I'm gonna have to get a picture and put this on. I have to put a picture it. of the one I have. It's it's an entire side of a building, and it is cosmic, like cosmic space mixed with buffaloes, Native Americans, dream catchers, and all that kind of stuff, and eagles. Man, it is. Unbelievable. Is it be- now? Have you seen the mural? This is only going to relate to ten percent of our listening audience, but maybe we can get a picture at some point. If you're going north on May past Sixty Third Street, there's a pond place called Cash Pond or something, and there's a mural of like a pimp, and he's got this huge suit on and like a hat with money everywhere, holding wow. money, and it's oh, gigantic it's on this pawn shop. That's <laughs> my I've favorite mural. Pawn shops and murals usually are are accompany each other. Mm. Like it never fails. Yeah, it's like how do we get people into this pawn shop? I'll tell you what, if we put a mural on the outside, people exactly. Will know. I, I it might not necessarily sell me on the pawn shop, but I would try it. What about antique shops? Do they do murals? 
Well, yeah, that's sometimes. They do like it Chisholm depends. Trail type murals. There's different levels of antique that I'm I'm figuring out as I've been doing my antiquing adventures. Yeah, are you creating like antiquing tiers? There are tiers. They're mm. already out there. Uh, I may share that on another podcast. Are you writing a book? I am writing a book. Good, because if you weren't, I was going to start writing it's, a book. Yeah. I'm Manti. starting it as a Tumblr first, and then it'll oh, turn into gotcha. a book, and then a TV show. I, yeah, so you created the, Is there an actual Tumblr Manteking thing yeah. that you're doing now? Manteking.tumblr.com. I mean, yeah, I, I, I totally check there. it every day. Oh. I'm subscribed. RSS feed. Mm-hmm. Follow it. Follow it on yep. Tumblr. Mm-hmm. It so is you just put the your best, best blog you will yep. ever read in your life. Yep. Do uh, Can other people join in and put their Manteking finds? Uh, well, I'm not there yet. I'm trying to decide on this because I'm well, really on my Manteking blog that I'm starting. <laughs> you'll be able to join in and put your Manteking finds. Well, I'm really pushing this book thing, and then I'm really going to go for the TV show. I see. And I want Ashley any, Kutcher any to solid come finds in. this week. What's that? Oh yeah. What'd you find? Found some more awesome uh, antique pipes. Yeah. Uh, like uh, man, you know, tobacco yeah, pipes. Sure. Uh, I found some. Uh, I bought some badges from the '50s that are cowboys. I need to show you. Whoa. They're hand painted. Little button, little badges, like small, like smaller than the usual, you know, punk rock show badge. Little guys. I bought seven of those. They're really cool. They're hand painted wow. cowboy uh, themed. Oh, they're awesome. I got to show you. They got totally inspiration yeah, for the long pass thing. Mm. They're nice. Anyway. When are you going to take us mantiquing? Whenever you want, man. Like, do we have to actually ask? You're invited. <laughs> <laughs> I keep hoping it's just a standing invite where you'd be like, dudes, we're going mantiquing. Next week. I got some spots. Man, that just hit a weird spot when you're like, when are you going to take us mantiquing? It just it didn't sound quite as cool as it, it has. In the- <laughs> I think mantiquing is like a group activity I want to go on. We are here. We just walk in. We are here to mantique. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Where are the mantiques? <laughs> here you go. Here's a picture. I don't want to see these pores. Oh, this will be good for everyone listening. <laughs> now Brian is looking at a picture. It is great. They're awesome. I am. I am giving I a thumbs up at the picture. I'm on the other side. I just. I. I can't see. Okay. Follow, so just yeah. On Instagram, I've I've created the hashtag Mantiquing, and there's a couple of the people who have started. Boom! It's a revolution. No way. Look out. Well, I, I just did I they actually the did they like do it on purpose or did they misspell like mannequin? <laughs> no, no. They, it's it's intentional. I just can't wait for the day where you actually walk into an antique shop and they do have a mantique section. And yes, say, and I can say I know the exactly. guy who started that. And since it's an antique shop, they'll probably rip you off and have a picture of you. And my <laughs> and book like, will be Clint there. Approves yeah. these antiques. My book will be right, dude. There. You should start like a thing with antique shops and say you're promoting antiquing. You should get a section in each antique shop of Clint's approved antiques. Oh, I love it. And then we could start a following. Yeah, I love it. Boom! I'm just full of ideas over here. Man, you are. You're. A machine. I'm just full of ideas. I know. That's why I decided <sighs> to, you know start this company prolific where i could make my evil plans work (laughs) (laughs) so quick reminder again if you have forgotten because of all the hilarious exciting banter Mm -hmm. i know this is the most exciting moment of your week uh we are only going to do one prolific cast a month now send your hate mail to clint it was his decision that's clint at (laughs) prolific.co He stands behind his decision. Brian and I were very upset about it. We look I'm, forward to this. I'm worried about week. all of our listeners who are maybe on the on standing on a ledge at this moment. Exactly. Um, and I just want you to know that there will, there's a reason to live, and that reason is our next podcast. Exactly. Exactly. Don't go wrestle gators. <laughs> Wear some Sanooks if you do happen to wrestle gators and enjoy your man team. Ooh. That, they, nice. they should. That's actually. They always Dude, go barefoot, but they would yeah. totally be much better you know, off in You know sit-ups. how flexible my feet are in these? You know how much how much spring I can get on my step if I had to jump on a gator? I could just explode off the line. Be right on that gator. That's all I'm saying. Thank you so much for joining us this week on the Prolific Cast. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Prolific. 
Friend us on Facebook and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast service. We'll be back better than ever next month. Until then, keep it looking.